It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to Locked On Packers on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. This is going to be our Combine recap show today. And there was a lot of news that broke on Monday um, as the franchise tag deadline approaches and the new league year, in fact, rapidly approaches. There are going to be decisions that need to be made on roster bonuses very soon and so we're going to get to a lot of that tomorrow and later in the week Justin Houston could be released by the time you hear this Everson Griffin reportedly on the trade market Jadavion Clowney got the franchise tag Frank Clark got the franchise tag D Ford got the franchise tag but apparently Kansas City open to trades for D Ford that could be an option for Green Bay as well those are things we can discuss down the line I want to wrap up the combine because we took a very narrow look at what happened over the weekend and we did not get a chance to do any sort of broad picture discussions about the combine to focus in on some other kinds of players so we know what happened with the edge rushers. And that was if you if you missed yesterday's show, go back and listen to it. But I I don't think you're going to you're going to if you listen to them out of order, you listen today and then go back and listen to tomorrow's show. That may even be the better way. To do it, but hey, listen, we had to have a show yesterday and not all the guys were done. (laughs) The safeties, the corners, they had to do their thing. And so we couldn't wrap the combine until the combine was wrapped. So in some ways, this is a little bit out of order. That's okay. What What we care about are the important takeaways. As long as we get them, that's what matters. So the the same way that it did for edge rushers in terms of bringing players for the Packers into focus and where those guys might go. The importance of the combine is to sort through certain players. They need to show what they are on tape on the field. So if you're an athlete and you use your athleticism or your speed or your quickness, and that is a main component of your game, and you don't test to show that, That is a cause for not necessarily concern, but maybe further study. Maybe you go back and watch that player again. I went back and watched Brian Burns. A lot of the same question marks I had, I still have. But he tested well enough that I have faith and belief in his age, his production, and his athletic numbers to say they can figure it out. He put on almost 20 pounds maybe, maybe more. 
to go to the combine and still tested like a freak athlete. If he can play at 240, 245, he doesn't even have to be 250. With that kind of athleticism, you've got someone that you can mold. Those are the kind of questions that you have to answer at the combine. And if you are a little stiff, like Montez Sweat has been called, or if it sounds like you're, it looks like you might be a step slow or something like that, you need to go out and you need to prove that you can run. Cornerback, for example, one of the reasons why we couldn't discuss the corners until they'd timed is because cornerback is traditionally what we call a stopwatch position. If you can't run, you can't play corner. If you don't have deep speed, you can't be a man corner. You can be a zone corner, you can't be a man corner. And so that is a crucial part of the process here. Green Bay with safeties, for example, has not traditionally cared as much about time speed. Haha, Clinton Dix barely ran 4-6. He was a 4-5-7 guy. Now Josh Jones was a 4-4 guy. Where is the consistency there? We don't we don't really have good indications of what their requirements are at safety, though we do have a pretty good idea at some of the other positions. What this does for us now is Green Bay, Ryan Gutekind said before the draft, they're going to take within 10 days of the combine, they're going to finalize their board and then figure out where they go from there. And let's talk about some of the players that Green Bay talked to at the combine and see if we can figure out where they're looking to get players. So we didn't get a ton of information on some of the defensive backs that they were that they were talking to. Um, usually, the coaches in the the train station talk to most players, uh, and the official visits are saved for potential targets, potential red flag guys, whatever it is. Green Bay met with all of the top edge guys: Polite, Burns, uh, Farrell. And although they didn't officially meet with Sweat that we we saw reported, he said he expected to meet with them. Um, he was someone they focused on at the Senior Bowl, and I think that that can be uh, important information for Green Bay. They are gearing up to take a pass rusher in the first round. They also looked at some of the later-on guys, Kyle Allen, Jalen Jelks, Anthony Nelson, who tested outstanding uh, the the defensive end from Iowa, he is going to be on their radar in that Dean Lowry type mold. Is he a defensive end? Is he a, is he a five technique? We don't know, but it looks like they want a high pass rusher. Who are the other top pedigree players that they met with? Well, Juwan Taylor and Dalton Reisner could be in play at 12, could be in play at 30. They also met with Noah Fant. Irv Smith and TJ Hawkinson and Jay Sternberger. Now, Jace did not test particularly well. Irv Smith tested. He was a little small, smaller than expected, 6'2, 240. Uh, ran a good time, but then did not do particularly well in some of the other drills. I have I have compared him to Chris Cooley, who was in Washington with with Matt LaFleur and as an H-back tight end hybrid, someone who can block but can also be a, a smooth pass catching target who can be reliable. I really like his value there. Guys like Hawkinson and Fant may have simply tested themselves out of the the possibility of Green Bay drafting them. They also talked to J.J. Arthago Whiteside and Andy Isabella. Now, Andy Isabella ran 4-3-1. We talked about him a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Those are 
second, third round guys, day day two for sure, maybe early day three. I don't think I don't think Isabella can be on day three anymore. You can't run four three one uh, and perform like he did at the Senior Bowl and expect to be on day three. If they want one of those guys, day two, their third round pick may be the floor for wanting to get some of those guys. So it seems like based on what we saw and and what we know about what happened at the combine in terms of the on-field testing, that some of the, the mocks that have been out there are potentially plausible. You go edge at 12 if one of those guys is there. And at 30, you've got offensive line possibilities. Reisner, if Taylor falls, if one of the tight ends is there. I think all three of those top tight ends are in play at 30. Even Irv Smith, a little bit undersized. I think there's maybe a little bit of a young Delaney Walker in his game. Someone Matt LaFleur was ready to really feature last year in Tennessee before he got hurt. So, you know, I think I think that is a very plausible first round. And then in the second round, you know, th- there isn't there isn't much to go on. We don't have a lot of information on the on the second round players. Potentially those the guys, at least in that range that they could be interested in. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, I don't think is going to be there in the second. If he is, that would make some sense. I forgot to mention Ed Oliver, by the way, the Packers did meet with him. And if he falls to 12. I think that's a no-brainer. They did meet with some running backs. I think the second would be very out of character and high for them. Uh, and, and there were some a bunch of offensive linemen that they met with. So, you know, I, this is this is shaping up for them. We're getting a feel for where they could be leaning, where they could be looking, and how they're how they're going to go about all of this. What we thought going into the combine was this draft was set up well for Green Bay given the the shape of their roster. They needed athleticism in the back end at safety and maybe at linebacker, maybe both. They needed a pass rusher, they needed a tight end, and they need a guard. Maybe a tackle too. Well, all of the top offensive linemen, really, I mean really, are offensive tackles who could be guards with the exception maybe of Andre Dillard and we're going to get to Dillard a little bit later but Jonah Williams is an offensive tackle who could play who could play guard Dalton Reisner offensive tackle who could play guard Juwan Taylor offensive tackle who could play guard Chris Lindstrom from Boston College who tested incredibly well one of the top athletes at the combine full stop at his size 6'4 308, uh, ran a ran a sub 540 time, really tested well in all areas, and I think he's worked his way into the top 40 discussion, uh, potentially even the first round discussion. Uh, I have him in that late first, early second range. Uh, Garrett Bradbury may be a, a tendency breaker for Green Bay at, at 6'3", 300 plus pounds, started his career as a tight end, now as a center, he can play guard. Super athletic. He can play guard. All of these dudes fit what Green Bay is looking for. They don't they 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 got their corner last year and potentially multiple. And so they don't have to worry about a soft corner class here. The safeties performed with excellent athleticism. Now Deontay Thompson didn't work out, he was hurt. Nasir Adderley didn't work out, he was hurt. Jonathan Abram. Tested well. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson tested well. Juan Thornhill tested 
crazy well, the safety from Virginia. And Taylor Rapp, although he didn't run really fast or show explosiveness, he showed that short area quickness that you really want in a in a safety that you're going to play in the box, that you want to play in coverage, and you want to do a little bit of everything. He is a jack of all trades. And his his testing matches with what you see on tape. And then we didn't even talk about the linebackers. Mac Wilson didn't test, but Ben Burkirvin is an underrated name. Blake Cashman, the Minnesota linebacker, tested incredibly well. And then the two top guys, Devin White and Devin Bush. I said Miles White the other day. Devin White, thank you for not being jerks about that. Miles White did play for the Packers. So it could it, it could be a sign of things to come. We thought that going into the combine, that the, that the shape of this draft set up for Green Bay after the combine is over. I think we have to be a little less bullish on the edge rushers, although there are some intriguing guys now later in the draft than there are at the top of the draft. But then everything else that we thought pretty much came true. The tight ends are freaky. The safeties, the linebackers, they're really good athletically, and they're very talented players. The offensive linemen, there's a ton of guys who fit what Green Bay could want and what they need. So... There are so many options here for how the Packers can approach this draft. We're going to learn a lot about this team after free agency, and that's going to shape how this all goes. Given their interest in a pass rusher, I think that actually dovetails. And they know. They've seen these guys. They didn't need the athletic testing to know how they felt about these pass rushers because they've watched the tape. But I think you can extrapolate a little bit that they're – insistence on going out and getting a pass rusher in free agency has to do in part with the raw nature of a lot of these guys, even Brian Burns, who based on talent and and everything that goes with the package there, the age, the pedigree program, he is a Packer player all the way as a prospect. He's raw. He's inconsistent. So even those guys, they're, they may not be able to help this team a ton in year one. They're going to be projects. So Green Bay can look for options. That's why trading for D Ford on a franchise tag or trading for Justin Houston might make sense for them because what it does is allows them a buffer. Take a couple of these guys. Take one at 12. Take one at 75. Chase Winovich, someone like that. And maybe by year two of them being on the field, they're impact players. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays 
fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So if we're if we're trying to read the tea leaves as we sit here in early March, Bob McGinn is here to help. He wrote a piece uh, for his website, Bob McGinn Football, which if you're not paying for and subscribed to, you should be. Uh, and he talked to he did his thing with the the scouts. No one is more plugged in with NFL scouts than Bob McGinn. So when he talks about these players, he is giving you the scuttlebutt from the NFL, right from the horse's mouth. It doesn't matter if you agree. It doesn't matter if I agree. This is word from the NFL, from the teams that are ultimately going to be making these decisions. And he wrote about it. He wrote about who could be there and who could not be there at 12. And so the list of, Definitely gones. All right, so we the guys, we, we are pretty sure, or we are very sure, are straight up just not going to be available. Quinnen Williams, Josh Allen, Joey Bosa, and Devin White. Interesting that Devin White is on that list, but he is a darling of NFL teams. I have been on the record saying I think Devin Bush is actually a better player, uh, and given the way that they tested, I, I not only do I stand by that, I, I believe it even stronger now. So if they want to take Devin White in the top 10, more power to them. That makes it easier for Green Bay to find one of the players that they're looking for. There's some other names on this list that are interesting that, you know, I think help Green Bay. So Haskins and Murray, the more quarterbacks, the better for Green Bay because they're pushing non-quarterback players down. Rashawn Gary, I have, again, Said over and over, as a ball of tools, he's very he's very talented. He's very impressive. As a football player, I don't know. What is he? What does he do? What does he do well right now? Right now today on a football field, what does he do well? He's an athlete. Okay, that's not enough, especially not for a top 10 pick. Not for me. Ed Oliver, freak, stud, awesome dude. Uh, he is He is a dude. He is a monster, and he's the kind of guy who is hugely productive in college, even in situations where I don't think he's best suited in the NFL with the right defensive coordinator. I mean, he's Geno Atkins. He's Aaron Donald. He is 
maybe not Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald is like all-time great, but he is potentially an absolute stud. Montez Sweat, who we talked about, and then two names that I think are are worth not spending any time on, but just, just noting here. Cleland Farrell, who did not have a great combine. He was okay. And Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams, 6'2", corner, 190 pounds, ran 4-3-7. He's really fast. Uh, and he... he Struggles to find the ball at times. I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him in the top ten. I wouldn't take him at twelve. I we could talk at thirty. I wouldn't love it. I really wouldn't. If he's going to go in the top ten, and and based on the names that I just gave you, I don't love Greedy Williams in the top ten. I don't love Rashawn Gary in the top ten, and I don't love White in the top ten. So out of the eleven players that are going to go before Green Bay picks, that means. There are only really eight guys that I that I like in that spot, and two of them are quarterbacks. So now we're talking about six non-quarterbacks that are players that I think are good that the Packers could potentially want at 12. That's pretty good odds. And that's pretty good odds that one of those guys is going to fall. Now, worth noting, not on that list. All right? Brian Burns, not on that list. Jonah Williams, not on that list. Andre Dillard, not on that list. DK Metcalf, not on that list. TJ Hawkinson, not on that list. There are a lot of really good players that that leaves at 12. And I know it's disappointing for Packers fans that Ja'Kai Polite has, has had the last couple days that he's had. I'm disappointed for the kid and in the kid uh, that he wasn't better prepared for, for what was ahead of him. And I, I really do wish him the best. I hope the best for him. But this is the reality for Green Bay. These are the players that are going to be available for them. And Jonah Williams is good. He could play right tackle for them tomorrow. I know that the combine was not great. Uh, He is not uh, a Packers athlete. But they have gone outside their thresholds before for players that they felt were falling. Derek Sherrod was one of those guys. We don't know if Derek Sherrod was good because he had a catastrophic leg injury. Andre Dillard would be an interesting case because he's a little bit undersized. He is a left tackle all day long. Do you let him play guard? Play left guard? Play next to David Bakhtiari and move Lane Taylor to right guard? Sure. That would be really good. I I don't know if Green Bay would be willing to do that. Mike McCarthy was always the kind of guy that wanted to move fewer players rather than more players. So he would, if there was an injury, rather than moving someone from tackle to guard and having two people play out of position, having a a starter play the wrong position and then having a backup play a starter's position. He wanted the guys at their best spots. I don't know that Lane Taylor would be worse at right guard than left guard. So that wouldn't bother me any. I, I think one, either of those two guys are potential options at 12. I think Reisner, after he tested well enough, he is a Packers athlete. Plus he's got that demeanor, that nasty. I think he could be in play, could play guard or tackle for the Packers, and I don't know, DK Metcalf, can I interest you in an absolute ridiculous athlete freak? Matt LaFleur wants speed down the field. I know at the at the 12th pick, that's a big thing to just have speed. It doesn't have change of direction ability, but Josh Gordon didn't really either. And he still led the league in receiving with Jason Campbell and trash quarterbacks in 14 games. 
that's the kind of talent that this kid has and is a great kid, an absolute monster, blocks his ass off when he wants to. I mean, he is not a diva kid. He is a good kid who works really hard and wants to be great. I don't know. It's not crazy. It has it has taken crazy off the board for the Packers in that nothing is now crazy because I don't think Farrell was ever really in play for Green Bay. So if he goes in the top 10, that's fine. It's Burns. It's Dillard. It's Reisner. Those are the Packers players who could be available at 12. Hawkinson, I don't think they would do it that high, but maybe. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson tested well enough to be in that mix. And and if you're annoyed that I keep mentioning the testing, I, I just have to reiterate, it's fine if you don't care about the combine, and it's fine if you think it's overrated. The Packers don't. They care. And they have proven over and over in draft after draft that they care. They prioritize athleticism. If you do not meet certain standards, you are not a Packers-type player. And they went outside those standards a little bit. They fudged them a little bit for Jair Alexander. But generally speaking, Brian Gutekunst got freak athletes last year. It was a draft of freak athletes. Almost everyone they picked were top 10 percentile athletes. That is what they're looking for. So someone like Andre Dillard, you say, where does he play? Who cares? He's a great athlete. Chris Lindstrom, he, he was not who at 30 could have some appeal to Green Bay. Certainly at 44 would make sense. Played right guard, played right tackle. They like tackles. They generally like blindside tackles. But he's the kind of athlete that you make some exceptions for because his tape is good. He's a good player. It's not just the numbers with these guys. We're talking about them as first-round players because they were good before. I have a rule when I do my evaluations. I watch the player first, and I give them a round grade based on their tape, based on how they play on the field. And then I look at the measurables, and I say, okay, how do the measurables stack up with what I just watched? Do they do the things well that I thought they need to do to succeed in the NFL? If the answer is yes, then we sit there, and that's where their, that's where their grade is, second-round grade, let's say. Let's say they test much better than I'm expecting or they confirm something where I say, okay, well, if they test well, they can do this. I I said that about, I don't remember if it was Chris Lindstrom or Garrett Bradbury, but one of them, I said, if he tests well, he's a first round pick. And he did. Okay, cool. He's a first round pick. This stuff matters. It confirms or denies what we see on tape. Caden Smith, I really liked Caden Smith, the tight end from Stanford. He runs 492. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. He was running down the scene open a lot, seam open a lot for Stanford. And it must have just been that he was running down the seam open because teams were not covering him. Not because he was getting open. And, and you go back and you look at the notes and you say, oh, he struggles to get open on his own. Well, why is that? He's a bad athlete, it turns out. And so you marry the evaluation with those measurables. They have to be combined. I never or I won't say I never, I rarely drop or gain a player more than half a round based on the measurements. If you're a first-round grade and you test like a freak, okay, maybe now we talk about you as a top 15 guy. If you're a borderline second or third player and you test really well, maybe now you're a second-round player. I'm not I'm not taking guys 
you know, who are going to be fourth round players and saying, okay, now you're going to be a top 40, top 50 player. That's not how this works. And it shouldn't be how this works because the tape is always the thing that matters the most. All right, we'll be back tomorrow uh, and we will get to a lot of the news that's out there uh, with the pass rusher situation. You're going to, I hope you're not sick of pass rusher discussions because they're going to keep coming. We're going to get franchise tag deadlines and uh, figure out what's going on with all of these guys that are out there on the market that, that might become out there on the market in the case of Everson Griffin. I doubt very much Minnesota would trade Griffin to Green Bay, but hey, look, stranger things have happened. We're going to also take your questions tomorrow. So send me your combine questions. Send me whatever is on your mind, free agency questions, Antonio Brown questions, whatever it is, and we'll talk about it. I want to get that in. I Really, I just haven't used the the office space drop in a long time, and, and I miss it. So we got to get that back in the show, and I, I want to hear from you. So hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Uh, you can hit me up on the podcast Twitter at Locked On Packers. Follow that. Do that, please. Thank you. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. You'll never miss a show if you subscribe on iTunes. And you can leave a review if you like. You can rate us, which I would very much appreciate. And you can let other people know. Post about us on Facebook. Post about us on Twitter. We've had some really nice mentions on social. Hey, listen, I love the show. Hey, everyone should be listening to this. Everyone should be following. Really appreciate that. Keep it up. And let's continue to spread the word about Lockdown Packers. Again, if you want to hit us up for tomorrow's show, do that on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline. That's 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.